Welcome to The Therapist Mindset. I'm your host, Jamie, licensed professional counselor, licensed alcohol and drug counselor, registered yoga instructor, and Reiki master. The Therapist Mindset is a podcast. It's unscripted and unedited because I am keeping it real and mistakes are not failures, but lessons. So enjoy the bloopers. (laughs) On today's episode, I picked three questions out of all the questions that people had emailed to me, and I'm going to go over them. I picked these questions because I felt like they resonated with a larger audience. They're questions that come up quite often. Um, So here we go. Remember my motto is with mindfulness, we grow and we change. So I answer these questions in a way that encompasses mind, body, and spirit, along with evidence-based practices. All right, question number one was emailed to me. How do I know if my relationship is healthy? So in corresponding with this person, I asked a couple follow-up questions and this person had said there is no um, what you would figure or assume um, is domestic abuse so no physical violence no verbal abuse um, and no narcissistic abuse so there's no domestic violence but still not quite sure that i'm in the healthiest relationship that's that's the relationship that's the question here we go If you want to know if you're in a healthy relationship and there's no like overt signs like physical violence or emotional and verbal abuse, ask yourself these questions. When I am with my partner or since I've been with my partner, what parts of myself do I need to suppress? And what I mean by that is When you're with your partner, are there certain parts of yourself that you feel like you need to minimize or hide? For example, someone might be with a partner who makes fun of them for being spiritual or believing in, say, crystals or energy healing. And over time, after the partner making fun or making comments, the person starts to minimize that part of themselves. And why do we do this? It's human nature to want to be accepted, right? This goes back to, you know, us being social beings and survival. So if we didn't fit in with our peer group ages ago, we would die off. We wouldn't be safe. We wouldn't procreate. We wouldn't be fed. We would just die. So it's natural human instinct. It's ingrained in in our DNA. It's a survival skill that we want to be accepted by our community and by our partners. The good news is, is that we no longer need to be accepted by one person in order to survive. And unless you want to procreate, we don't need to do that either. So, we must ask ourselves, why then 
When we feel the fear of being rejected or not accepted by our partner, do many people choose to minimize their interests or hide parts of themselves that maybe prior to being in this relationship, they used to shine and they used to, you know, show off or they used to be proud of. And instead of changing parts of ourselves, when we notice this, why don't we then just change our partner? Because nowadays, it's not just not that hard to find another one. Whereas back in the day, ages and ages ago, there may not have been many to choose from in order to procreate and survive. That's no longer the case. So ask yourself, if you're not sure if you're in a healthy relationship and there's no you know, physical violence, no abuse of any kind, but you're still not sure, you're questioning it, ask yourself, am I being accepted for who I really am? Am I allowed to live authentically? Am I allowed to honor my authentic self? Or are there parts of me that I need to suppress, parts of my identity that I need to suppress, minimize, or feel like I have to hide? And why? If the answer is yes, then you might not be with a partner, you know, whether it's healthy or not is really for you to decide, but this might not be a partner who is going to embrace your authentic self. And when we don't live authentically, when we're hiding who we are, over time, it builds resentment. I hope that helps. Let me know if people resonate with that. You can leave messages here um, on this podcast or you can email me, thetherapistmindset at gmail.com. All right, question number two. I am always doing things for other people and I don't have any time for myself. Hmm. Very common, very common, very common. People are always doing things for everyone else and then they feel angry, irritable, burnt out, exhausted, that they never get to do anything for themselves. This comes down to boundaries and people pleasing. It is vital that we get to fill our own cups. We cannot be a great, I mean, we can be a good parent and a good partner, but we can't be all that we can be if we are constantly depleted because we are giving everything we've got to everyone else and not not saving some for ourselves. So if this is happening to you, it's likely that you might be a people pleaser or have people pleasing traits. So if you say yes and you really want to say no, this is a quick tip that I'm going to share. I want you to start doing this to create the habit. Because if you're a people pleaser or you find that you're doing everything for everybody else and you have no time or energy left for yourself, you have created the habit 
probably years or even most or all of your life, you have always just said yes. And then you ask yourself, why did I say yes? Why did I agree to this? It is a habit. It is an impulse to just say yes right away. And then you may regret it later, but you don't want to back out or you don't want to disappoint somebody by backing out when you already made this commitment. So this is what you're going to do. Whether it's big or small, absolutely for everything, you are not going to say yes and you're not going to say no. You are going to say, I'm going to check my calendar and get back to you later. Or, you know, can I just have a few hours? I just want to make sure that I'm free that day or I just want to make sure I could help you out. Let me get back to you. Or you can just simply say, let me think about it and I'll get back to you by tomorrow. So you want to give the person a time frame, a short time frame. You don't want to leave them hanging, but you're not going to say yes right away. You're going to get in the habit of creating some space, creating a pause. You're going to get in the habit of saying, I'll, I would really like to do this. I'll get back to you. Let me check my calendar or whatever feels comfortable for you but you're gonna get in the habit of creating that space. And this is why that's important. The space is important because the space gives us a chance to have these conversations with ourselves, to have these talks where we can weigh the pros and cons. You know, do I really wanna do this? I feel pressured to do this, but I really want to say no. Why do I feel pressured? Is there a compromise I can make? And ultimately, you may say yes. You may want to say yes. You, so you might end up saying yes, but the important part is that you created some space to have a rational, well thought out discussion with yourself about why you're saying yes and how that feels to you. Now, if you decide that you really want to say no and that makes you uncomfortable, there are some ways that you could say no that maybe would make you feel less uncomfortable. So if you feel uncomfortable just saying, no, can't do it, then maybe you want to say something like, you know, I really can't do this on Saturday, but I would be able to do it on Sunday. So coming up with a compromise or a solution where you're not necessarily saying no entirely, but you're saying yes on your terms. You're not sacrificing what you had wanted to do that day and you're offering a time frame to help the person out, but within on your terms on a day that it works for you so from now on whether it's somebody saying do you want to get coffee tomorrow or do you want to get lunch after work today or during work today you're not going to say yes or no you're going to say let me get right back to you let me get back to you in 15 minutes let me get back to you tomorrow I'm gonna check my calendar, I'll get back to you in an hour. And that gives you that time to have the conversation with yourself and to get out of the habit 
of just impulsively, automatically saying yes. All right, people pleasers, I hope you got that. And the last question that I took from the emails was, (laughs) I can't meditate, I do it wrong. I love when people tell me I can't meditate. I just can't meditate, but yes, you can. Well, I do it wrong. Well, there's no wrong way to do it. Well, I just feel like I just can't sit there. So don't, don't sit there. Well, I constantly have thoughts running through my head, as do most of us. That's the human brain. That's the nature of the human brain. The Buddhists call it monkey mind, like your thoughts are like a monkey swinging from tree to tree, one thought to the next, to the next, to the next. That's, that's the human brain. That's how it works. I don't have time to meditate is my biggest pet peeve. I don't have time to meditate, but you do. You have time, we all have time to do what's important to us. So meditation might not be important to you. Um, It's important to me, it's okay if it's not important to you, but there's a lot of science behind meditation, especially for those of us with trauma histories. There's been tons of studies um, by the VA around meditation, um, studies with veterans diagnosed with post-traumatic stress disorder, who have been in treatment for PTSD on medication and traditional talk therapy um, and symptoms still persist. They put these veterans in, um, you know, the control group continues medication and talk therapy. The other group, I might be getting that wrong. If I, I think it's, that's the control group, but I, I might be getting it wrong. Um, the other group goes, um, has, three months of meditation. There's several studies, but the one I'm thinking of off the top of my head is three months of meditation in addition, you know, to continuing the medication and the talk therapy, but three months of meditation and they have significant progress in a decrease in their post-traumatic stress disorder symptoms. We know that meditation changes our neuropathways. Meditation changes the brain structure and how we think. Meditation, in addition to that, improves focus, helps mental clarity, improves our awareness of our surroundings so that, you know, we have the ability to stay in the present moment and enjoy life. If we're in the present moment, we're not thinking about the past or thinking about the future. We're enjoying the here and the now. And the here and the now is the only reality that we have. There's a quote that says, if you feel depressed, you're living in the past. If you're feeling anxious, you're living in the future. If you feel content and at peace, you're living in the present. And that's true. The present moment, the here and the now, is the only time that is real. We can't go back to the past and we haven't yet gotten to the future. All we have is right now. So when people tell me they don't have time to meditate, I say, tie it into something you're already doing. Do a shower meditation. Do a mindfulness tooth, brush your teeth mindfully. You don't need a ton of time. I tell people there's endless free resources on YouTube 
search, go to YouTube and search five minute meditation for anxiety. Endless five minute meditations will pop up. When I meditate with my daughter, I search three minute meditation. That's all we need. That's all you need. Three minutes, three minutes of your day. But mindful toothbrushing is something that, you know, most people, I hope, brush their teeth every day. So when you brush your teeth in the morning, you're going to do it mindfully. You're going to ask yourself, what does the toothpaste smell like? What does it look like? What does it taste like? The same thing with the brushing your teeth and the brush strokes. What does this smell like? What do I hear? What does it taste like? What do I see? How does it feel? You're gonna incorporate all of your senses into brushing your teeth. It may or may not take any longer than it normally does. But if we can build that mindful mindfulness practice consistently, you will start seeing the benefits and you're not using any more of your time if you're brushing your teeth because you do that anyway. So yes, you have the time and yes, you can do it because there's no wrong way to do it. All right, let's look at the angel deck. Let's look at our cards. But first I'm going to plug my sponsor, Shilajit. Shilajit is a natural plant-based resin. It's vegan, it's a dietary supplement. Naturalshilajit.com. Shilajit is spelled S-H-I-L-A-G-A-J-I-T. I I messed that up. S-H-I-L-A-J-I-T. Naturalshilajit.com. You can use promos code THERAPIST10 for 10% off your order. And Shilajit is a natural plant-based resin. It has vitamins. It has magnesium. It has zinc. It has fulvic and humic acids. It increases your metabolism, improves your focus. I have been using it for months now and um, I love it. I mean, I'm going to tell you it doesn't smell or taste great, um, but you dissolve it in hot water. I put it in tea in the morning. I put it in tea in the evening, coffee in the morning, tea in the evening. So I get it in there twice a day. You only need about a pea size and it dissolved in a drink, you can't taste it at all. So naturalshilajit.com, promo code THERAPIST10 for 10% off your order. And my TikTok, please follow me, my ther- or The Therapist Mindset on TikTok, The Therapist Mindset on TikTok. And there are some Shilajit videos on there, so check those out. And email me at thetherapistmindset at gmail.com if you want to submit any questions. I will, I will certainly answer them. All right, let's ask the angels, archangels, spirit guides, ancestors. What does the collective need to know? What mental health, wellness can we send to the collective today? Right. Well, we're getting stress management. I think everybody, everybody needs some stress management. Exercise is my favorite coping skill for stress management. 
Exercise gives us that dopamine boost. It is like a natural antidepressant. All right, stress management. So I'm gonna say one step at a time. So exercise, like I said, is my favorite for stress management. But we're gonna look, when we're stressed, we tend to feel overwhelmed because we're thinking, at, uh, we're thinking about everything, everything. Everything we have to do. We have to break it down one step at a time, one step at a time. So when we're overwhelmed, we're tending to think of the big, big picture and that's very overwhelming. We have to break it down. We have to look at baby steps, one step at a time, one day at a time. What is the one thing that I can do today to start to, start to work on this and just start doing it? In addition to that, we want to focus on, you know, most people focus on what's getting in the way, what are the ba barriers, what are the problems. If we're focusing on the problems, we're just gonna see more problems. So when you catch yourself focusing on what's going wrong, that's where you have to say stop. I even put my hand up, I'm like stop. Let me focus on the solutions, on the opportunities, and what's going right. Because if we focus on what's going right and do more of that, then the stuff that's going wrong will just work itself out. Now, someone very special bought me this deck um, just re recently. It's a work wellness deck, the work wellness deck. 60 simple practices to de-stress and recharge wherever you work. So since the angels said we need to focus on stress management, I'm going to use the wellness deck. So the wellness deck comes with four categories, refresh, flow, connect. So let's see, let's do refresh first. What does the collective need to know about getting refreshed? We all need to be refreshed. <laughs> I love it. Stop, drop, and hydrate. Now, this has never been a problem for me because I drink a ton of water. I drink a shit ton of water. But lots of people don't even drink water like at all during their day. That always kind of baffles me. So stop, drop, and hydrate. Remember to drink your water. And there's actually an app for that. A girlfriend of mine had an app. It would buzz every hour and say, time to drink your water. And she would go and drink her water. So, you know, make sure you're drinking your water. We need water. And journal. Journal can help us, journaling can help us refresh. Journaling helps us get our ideas, our thoughts out onto paper so we can organize them, so we're not harboring them. We can release them. It's um, a way of us to work out what's going on. And if you need prompters, there's lots of journals that come with prompters. I prefer free, free associating, free writing, and not using prompters, but you know, there's no, like meditating, no wrong way to do it. All right, flow. What do people need to know in order to get this flow going? All right, so this is going back to the ways that we can incorporate our body. So like exercise, I said, was my favorite stress management tool. Wall sits. So in yoga, this is legs up the wall. So 
you're gonna want to if you feel low energy you feel fatigued you know sitting with your feet above your heart is how we can get our circulation going again so you sit with your back lying on the floor your bum against the wall and your legs up your legs up against the wall um, some people can bend their knees if you have some pain or pressure please don't do it but bend your knees um, if that alleviates some of the pressure and you know that helps uh, our circulation we're on our feet all day and you know gravity so our blood tends to as we age this is why older people have swollen ankles as we age it takes more effort to circulate you know from our heart to our feet and round again so putting our legs up against the wall helps with that circulation and then connect is the last the last set of cards in this deck this is a fun little deck this is the first time i'm trying it so this is a fun little deck so how can we connect how can we connect be a lifelong learner i agree you know we never stop learning i agree and you know we always and all right be a lifelong learner and expand your network we never stop learning. There is always something that we need to know. So if you have an idea, like you wanna do something and you don't know how to do it, find someone who's already doing it and ask them. So I, I wanted to start a podcast. I just started telling people I wanted to start a podcast and people would say, oh, so-and-so I know has a podcast. I'll ask them what platform they use. Thanks or so-and-so has a podcast, I'll ask them if they need any equipment or like how they got started. Thanks, how easy was that? Expand your network. You, if we're afraid to tell people what we wanna do or what our dreams are because we think they sound too big or silly or even delusional, then we don't know the opportunities that we're missing. But if we tell people our ideas and what we wanna do, you never know who's, who knows someone who's doing that. So if you have an idea, if you want to do something or try something, if you want to, um, if you want to start making a podcast or making YouTube videos and you don't know how to do that, find someone who does. There's plenty of people out there already doing that and they can ask them, how? How did you get started? How did you do this? All right, email me if you have questions that you want me to talk about on this podcast. Questions, topics, feedback, thetherapistmindset at gmail.com. Follow me on TikTok, The Therapist Mindset. And thank you again. With mindfulness, we grow and we change. And remember, this is an unstructured and unedited podcast. It is how it is because we're keeping it real and our mistakes are only lessons, not failures. Thanks for listening. Love you guys. Next time.
And if you want to continue to support my podcast and get it out there, please subscribe, follow, and share. It's on Spotify. Tell your friends. Thanks.